Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming back to checking out from the sideline. Uh, our podcast is today going to be Tuesday Tango. We'd like to apologize for the delay. I know we said we was going to be on on Sunday dropping our podcast, but I was a little under weather, so my brothers waited on me so we can do our show together. So I am your host. I am Twenty, aka Twan, and I'm gonna pass it off to the other host so they can introduce themselves. Yes, yes, Chicago NFC North champions. This your boy Lajane. I'm here. Let's go ahead and get this started. <laughs> yeah, this your boy Charlie, aka Bobo. You know Charles. You know for the family, Bobo. Man, that's <laughs> North champs, baby. Eight years in the making. We back on top. It's a beautiful situation. <sighs> situation. It's always better when the Bears is on top. We're going to jump right into it, but it's always better when the Bears are the king of their division. All right, starting with it, we're going to do the playoff rundown, and we're going to start with them NFC North champion Bears. One, they had to get the monkey off their back and beat the Packers, you know, especially after week one when they lost it, had the opportunity to, you know, saying turn things around and could have, you know, really end up sweeping these boys, but we blew it, you know, but at the end of the day, they came back. Not only did they beat them in their house after the Packers them won eight straight in their house, they beat them for the NFC North champions. Brothers, tell me, how y'all feeling about this? Lajin, go ahead and kick it off for me. I have to say that I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I'm all of the you want to talk about, man, I was geeked up. Let's let, let's just put it like that. I'm geeked up. This is my NFC North Championship team. This is the team that I've always loved and and, and, and watched all my life. Real talk. Great defense. Great defense. And now you're adding offense. So now I'm getting that icing on the cake that I never had when it came to a team. I'm getting to have something that not many cities get to have, man. And that's a championship caliber team. This team can win it all. After watching them beat Green Bay at home for the NFC North Championship title. Yes, yes I'm, 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 I'm excited. I can't, I can't be anything less. And this team went out there and showed what they could be. And like I said last week, if Trubisky can give this type of game, Nobody can beat this team. It's the best team in the NFL. People, I, I hear a lot of naysayers saying, nobody could have predicted this. Nobody could have thought of this. Nobody could have believed that these Bears would be this good. I hate to be the one to say, I told you so, because I believed in them in OTAs. I believed in them through all of this. And I said they would be a 10 and 6 at the least, at the least. And 11 and 5 at the most. And they even outdoing my prediction so they could turn out 12 and 4. I'd be happy with that too. And then they can sneak in and probably get the one or the two seed depending on what happens in New Orleans and Los Angeles. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I want. This is what you love. This is why you watch the Bears. I mean, Charlie, you, you can understand what I'm saying, right? Man, you already know, man. So I understand what you're saying, man. But I'm going to tell you like this. And my big homie Twani can test to this. You know, we these Packer fans, man, the Bears suck. Jake Cullors, our favorite quarterback. This and that, this and that. It ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun now. <laughs> oh, look where we at. You know, they on the outside looking in. The Bears just won the NFC North Sunday night. Sunday afternoon, excuse me. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful situation. You know, the defense dominated, you know. Five sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Then he threw that interception, going over 400 some completion without the interception, which, you know, like I always say, Eddie Kane. I call him Eddie Kane off the five heartbeats with that nice INT in the end zone. Nice. Yes, sir. He just took a knee. Yes, but it was just, you know, hopefully he'd be okay, but it was nice. But you had Trubisky that outplayed Aaron Rodgers. He threw mm-hmm. no interceptions. And he had a better passer rating, that QBR rating, than Aaron Rodgers. Over 100. Aaron Rodgers had under. Under 70-some passer rating, you know. So, again, I'm happy. I'm excited. This is what the Bears fans have been looking for. Dominant defense with a consistent offense. Don't turn the ball over. Run the football. You know, spread the ball around. Get your playmakers involved. 
and give the Bears fans what we deserve, a winning product on the field each and every Sunday, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever. This is what I've been waiting for. I said back in OTAs that this defense could be a top five, even without Khalil Mack. Now, we could be that – I feel like we the top defense of the league. I'm, I don't care about Baltimore defense. I don't care about Cowboys defense. I don't even care about the Saints defense. All I care about is the Monster of the Midway defense. So I'm very proud, very happy. It was a beautiful situation, beautiful. You know, so, again, it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. And I'm pretty sure Twani can attest to that as well. Definitely, definitely. See here. See here. Um, what, what, we, what we got here is the look of the old 85 Bears. That's what we really got here with this defense. You know, they showing they're able to run the ball, but we got a better quarterback situation right now. And that's what I'm pretty excited about, you know. So, I man, it's I ain't been this excited since when Lovey Smith took us to the Super Bowl. And, you know, as you know, Charlie, that they've been bad since, you know, after Lovey Smith they got fired. We only had one good season where Mark Trestman came in, brought that offense in with Brandon Marshall, with Alshon Jeffrey, with uh, Matt Forte at the running back position. And, hey, they was able to do their thing for one season, put up some numbers, but the defense wasn't there. So we wasn't a complete team. This is a complete team right now. That's what we got. And, hey, man, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see more. I hope, you know what I'm saying, they keep playing all the way through. I hope they don't decide to rest nobody and, you know what I'm saying, just keep sending a message. But at the same time, keep everybody, you know, warmed up, you know, because if they do get that first round bye and they did play everybody, even at the very last game, when they do have to rest with that bye, they still going to be ready to go. Ain't nobody going to come back rusty when, you know what I'm saying, after that first round bye. And if they don't get that first round bye and everybody did play, we all good. You know what I'm saying? It's still, it don't matter. We still ready to, you know what I'm saying, rumble with anybody. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Whether it's our stadium, your stadium, they bringing it. Period. Right. And, and you know what, too? Is that, and, I, and I can attest to that. I, I, I agree I agree everything that you're saying, but I'm just going to say this. Everybody would love that buy, but you know what? As, as, as I think about it and, and, you know, as we talk about it, you know, us being diehard Bears fans, Bears fans that we are, you know, I don't want the buy. I want us to just, just let's go ahead and play. Let's go ahead and play because I feel like we could take the defense anywhere. I'm anywhere. I said this last, on the last podcast. We could take them anywhere. We could take them in L.A. We could take them in New Orleans. We could take them anywhere and do what we do best, and that's dominate. You know, not, not play good, but dominate. Dominate. So I don't want the buy, to be honest with you. Let's just, let's just, let's just go. Let's just, I wish the playoffs started right now. Just so that way we can shut up all the naysayers. Oh, New Orleans is the team to beat. They scored 12 points on Monday night. The Rams, they the team to beat. Yeah, they yeah, they scored 23 points. But, yeah, but Jared Goff is a shell of himself. And Ty Gurley barely got any touches. And he, on, you know, they did not run the football through him. And McVay is pretty much our coach himself, even though he's a good offensive coach. So I'm not worried about it, man. I'm very confident. I wish it started today so that way we could show, show all these naysayers, these so-called analysts that, okay, y'all want to keep sleeping on the Bears? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So when we get there, when we get to that Super Bowl and actually win it, because we do have a chance. It's not like we don't have a chance. We have a chance. Then we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going we gonna to see all the bandwagon people come back or want to wanna jump on it. So that's just my thing. And let me add this before we go on to the next topic. Here. When it comes down to it, the Bears have in one season shown what they are capable of. They got the coach that they needed. Mm-hmm. They kept the coach that they needed. The players are balling out. Right now, the Bears are one of few teams that have 12 representatives representing them for the Pro Bowl. Four mm-hmm starters, literally, because Akeem Hicks is a starter, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen has a special team. And then they have seven alternates. Mitch Trubisky, Charles Leno. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Eddie Goldman should have been on there, but he wasn't, unfortunately. I think that's a snub. You know what I'm saying? But when you look at this team from top to bottom, it's the most complete team in the NFL right now. 
these that's supposed to be great are struggling right now. This defense is peaking right now. Mm-hmm. But actually, that is five total. If you include Tariq Cohen in that in that conversation, you got four on defense. That's all starters to me. And then mm-hmm. you got your special teamers. That's five. And then you got to run down the alternates. That's all been on there as well too. So this team, exactly. this team is a team well, that everybody right. know deserves to be there. So. Um, we're going to go ahead and break into this next conversation here real quick. And I'm I'm going to do this because uh, we just spoke about them in last week's um, podcast. So I got to come back to it. I told y'all the Cowboys got a miracle win last week. What they go and do against the Colts, put up a goose egg. Man, I'm going to say it again, put up a goose egg against the Colts. After everybody would jump on that bandwagon. Man, which, uh, Charlie. Bobo, go ahead. Fill me in. What, what you got to say about them boys? Oh, man. I'm going to say like I said last week, man. What you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you have one of the best running backs in the game rush for under 100 yards, and then you got one of the, one of the deepest threats of Amari Cooper as a resurgence, that had resurgent himself to be one of the top deep threats when he got to the Cowboys, even though he wasn't Utilized like he was supposed to in Oakland under 50 some yards receiving, if I'm not mistaken. And then you got that Prescott that throws an interception and he just throw thick and dumb. Like I say, what you want, what you what you expect me to say? That wasn't a miracle that they won last week. It just who we that's just who they are. They underestimated the Colts, which I think Andrew Luck is the comeback player of the year. He showed up and showed out. Then you have a running back that's Mac that put up over 100 yards. He outplayed Zeke. T.Y. him outplayed Cooper. You see what I'm saying? So that defense shut down the Cowboys. So like I said last week, they're not scaring nobody. They're not, they not scaring nobody. You know, they are. They pretty much are accident waiting to happen, as Stephen A. Smith say. So that's just my take on that. So, I mean – We'll see if they make it out of the AFC. They, I mean, I'm excuse me, I'm afraid that the NFCs they may, but they're not gonna scare nobody in the playoffs. Lodging. Well, Charlie, mm-hmm. I, I definitely understand what you're saying. So before we move on, hey Twan, let's go ahead and pay a few bills right quick, man. So I'll uh, shoot out a couple of commercials. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go ahead and hit a commercial break, and then we'll be right back with our subscribers. All right, from the sidelines. Let's take this quick commercial break. All right, fans, we are back. We're just going to drop some Twitter handles for y'all real quick here. I'm going to start with mine. Mine's is Brandon underscore Elite, and that's at Twitter. And it's also the same on Instagram. Lajin, your Twitter handle, please. It's your boy Lajin. Y'all know how to reach me at L-Y underscore G-E-N-E. Lajin. So hit me up. I'll be out there looking for y'all too. Yeah, hey, again, Charlie, like I said, yes, yours? sir. Yes, sir. You know, like I said, this your boy Charlie, aka Charles. You know, but the fam call family call me Bobo. You can hit me up on Twitter, Charlie8606. You know, hit me up, hit you back. You know, let's go from there. Let's jump back into it. All right. So we last left off talking about the Cowboys and Lajeen. Right before we went to the break, you said you was going to pause for a second. So I'm going to let you finish off what you had to say about that Cowboys loss, my man. Is it really more about the Cowboys or is it more about the Indianapolis Colts at this point? Everybody's talking about how the Cowboys got beat. I'd rather talk about how the Indianapolis Colts won because here's what I see. The thing that set them apart from what they was able to do to Dallas, nobody's been. And that was run the ball. Mac ran for 132 yards and two touchdowns. That's a very big difference of a game that's been put up against the Dallas Cowboys defense. But on top of that, Indianapolis defense in their last couple games has been outstanding. Look at how they beat Houston just last week. You got to think about it. If you can, if they can come in and beat Houston the way they beat Houston in that high-powered offense, and that is a very high-powered offense, much more high-powered than Dallas, I'm sure that they could find a way to stop Dallas, and that's what they did. Right now, Indianapolis is on a roll. 
Andrew Luck is looking real good. So I think this is more about Andrew Luck and that defense winning this game because Indianapolis has very good defense. They got rookie of the year on defense right now, in my opinion. Roquan Smith would be following him second. <clears throat> I apologize. But at this point, Indianapolis is really, really what we're looking at. For me, not Dallas. All right. Yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a good point. Very good point. I ain't even looking at it that way. Colts have been surging. They have been. And they do got a nice little rookie over there at the linebacker spot, like you just mentioned as well, too. Andrew Luck starting to get his feel. Him and T.Y. Hilton definitely making their connections again and stuff like that. So I don't want to discredit Indianapolis at all for all our Indianapolis fans and, you know, and Colts listeners out there, you know. Uh, but I did want to say that I still think the uh, Cowboys is overrated. So not taking enough away from y'all, Indianapolis, but Cowboys is overrated. I'm just keeping it 100. <laughs> <laughs> Go on to the next one, man. Just like I said, man, I ain't taking nothing away from Andrew Luck. Like I said, that's comeback player of the year to me. You know, to be off for two, almost two seasons, if I'm not mistaken, with that shoulder, you know, with that shoulder injury and yeah. able to come back and do, doing what he's able to do. That's my comeback player of the year candidate. You know, and like I said, he outperformed Dak Prescott. You know, Melvin Mack, you know, if I believe that's his name, outperformed Zeke Elliott. You know, that's a Russian powerhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Hilton outperformed, which is a veteran wide receiver, outperformed Cooper. So I'm not taking none away from Indianapolis at all. I just feel like, again, that the Cowboys, it's just an accident waiting to happen. They're not scaring nobody if they get into the playoffs. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Definitely, definitely. All right, so we're going to jump into the next playoff team here. We're going to have to go here to talk about the uh, Chiefs. Um, we're going to have to talk about these Chiefs. I don't know what's going on with these Chiefs, but I'm going to save my comments for last, and I'm going to go ahead and pass this right back to LaGene. So go ahead and fill us in. Well, let's be completely honest about this entire game. The offenses did what they were supposed to do. Patrick Mahomes went out there and fought the good fight, and – put up numbers. But on the other end, Philip Rivers fought the comeback fight and did what he was supposed to do as a veteran. So when you look at it, you're looking at two <clears throat> absolute great quarterbacks at different times in their career. I see Patrick Mahomes being that Philip Rivers down the line, but right now Philip Rivers had to be Philip Rivers. But on the other end, <clears throat> He was facing a porous defense, man. Let's be honest. KC defense is terrible. They gave up the touchdown, then turned around and gave up the two-point conversion. Come on. I can I can give a little here and there, but in this situation, when your quarterback has put you in a situation to win and you know the only way that they can beat you is by scoring a two-point conversion, you don't leave nobody wide open in the corner of the end zone to catch a touchdown. I'm sorry. And that's where they failed at in this game. They couldn't finish it defensively. Offensively, they did what they were supposed to do. All KC's defense had to do was stop the touchdown. They couldn't do that, but at least stop the two-point conversion. If anything, if anything, stop the two-point conversion. I mean, Charlie, what do you think about it? <laughs> man, I just see – man, shout out to the – to the I mean, excuse me, uh, to the bowl, uh head coach, man, for going for that two-point conversion. That's what you call, man, if it was a that's, – that's a, that's a playoff – type of call, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to him for doing that because it's either, it's either win it's either win or go home in that type of atmosphere on the road in Kansas City. Um, I got to agree with you, Lajeen, man. I mean, Kansas City defense is terrible. I mean, we're just going to say it's terrible. The office has carried them pretty much this whole season. But, man, you got to give it to that man, Mike Williams. That, the guy that played, in, which I watched him play in Clemson, that dude is a Peace. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. that, I mean, he's, I, I would say he, to, to Mike Williams, to Philip Williams is more of like Allen Robinson to Mitch Trubisky, like somebody that just all that can go and get it, you know, and you got, yeah. you know, you throw in Keenan Allen as well as another, you know, their other wide receiver, but man, man, no bolts, man, they, they, I don't know. They, they, they look pretty scary to me. They, they better, even, uh, even though they're a playoff, like a like a uh, they're in a they're in a playoff hunt as far as like a fifth or sixth seed, but man, to go in Kansas City and win, that's huge. That's huge. And then also shout out to the running game. You had three different running backs without their starting running back run the football very well too as well. 
You know, you had the rookie. You know, he ran like he was supposed to. Yeah. You know, I believe he got a touchdown out of it as well. So, like I said, man, they're a scary team. AFC better watch out for them. What's your thoughts, Twenty man? I'm telling y'all right now, we just seen the preview for the AFC championship game when we watched that game. Straight up. That right there is your preview for that AFC championship game to see who go to the Super Bowl. Straight up. Both defenses, to me, they kind of, you know, mediocre, you know. And the Colts, I mean, excuse me, the Chargers, they have a lot more on defense than uh than Kansas City does. So I was surprised that they allowed Kansas City to, you know, kind of hang around the way they did to begin with. I wasn't shocked at the win, but I was shocked at the way their defense kind of played the same way KC's defense played. Both of them made, you know what I'm saying, made some plays here and there to get their team right back in it. But at the same time, the coach defense has actually been much better than that. And it wasn't no excuses. They got Bosa back. You still got Melvin Ingram over there. You, you still got a ton of talent over there. But they didn't play like it on that particular night. And then Phillip Rivers, that man playing like a man on a mission. He playing like somebody who wanted to get to the Super Bowl. That man is at 38, 39 years old. He, you know what he after. So he out there balling. And I'm a, like Charlie here said, I'm going to go back to it. Mike Williams been a beast since college. And, you know, he made him show it in his first year, but he's showing it now. You show, you see why that dude was a top wide receiver, top draft pick, you know, perfect fit. You know what I'm saying? Dominant wide receiver. You hand him the ball, give him the ball deep, give him the ball short and intermediate. He made them plays when it had to be made. And that was it, especially when uh, Keenan Allen went down. Oh, he made all the plays in the world for you. So you 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 about to really see what the Chargers about to bring when they come in that playoff. Now that Mike Williams rolling, and once they get Melvin uh, Gordon back, and then they once they get uh, uh, Keenan Allen back for the playoffs, man, watch out, watch out for real. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be a dominant team, man. I can see that. I can see that. I agree. So what else you got on the list for me, man? I'm ready. Yeah, let's go to uh, Philly because. Uh, I know we kind of bouncing back and forth, but I, I kind of want to do that tonight. I'm going to kind of keep bouncing back between AFC and NFC teams and teams in playoff contention here. So let's talk about Philly, man. All of a sudden now, they weren't looking good with Wentz. But then all of a sudden, you, you throw back the Super Bowl hero for them. And, man, they looked it pretty dang on good against uh, the L.A. Rams. Charlie, go ahead and feed me what you've seen. I've seen a team, which is the Rams, just like I said about the Cowboys, I ain't scaring nobody. Nobody at all. <laughs> you got Jack off out there throwing picks left to right, like like it's like he just handed out gifts. You know, I mean, they lost to a Eagles team that had players picked off the street, picked up off the street. I mean, Twan, Twani, Lajin, y'all could have played in the Eagles backfield. That dominated. Come on now. This was a, this was a game that the Rams. They was at home. They at the L.A. Coliseum. They should have won. And what happened? But let's not forget too. Did anybody see him fumble that that punt? Was it a punt return or a kick return? If I'm not mistaken, they didn't nobody touch him. Mm-hmm. That was bad. I think that was worse than um, that Green Bay L.A. game. The running back that they that they trade the Green Bay that they traded. Well, he fumbled. I think, yeah, I think that was worse. I think LA that LA fumble was worse. I just Nick Foles did what he had to do, but Jeffrey, whew, he torched Talib and Peters, who they paid all this money to, torched them Sunday night. Like I said, the Rams gonna be there. We all know that, but they not. I mean, to me, they're they're taking a step backward, even though they're supposed to be this high power offense. And not only that, they're not giving Gurley the football. You know, you got your quarterback throwing two picks. You know, he's overthrowing his receivers. He, I mean, he's – I just – like I said, they're not scaring nobody. But, I mean, Lajin, what you think? I mean, what, 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 did, what did you see that I didn't – that you think I didn't see that I didn't mention? Here's what I can point out to you, and a lot of people going to say I'm a conspiracy theorist and all of that, but it's kind of funny how this goes down. Carson Wentz ain't been healthy all year. We all know that. No matter how much we want to throw him in there and say that he was ready and prepared. And that's why they suffered. They thought it was Nick Foles, but you have to get adjusted to your play caller. He didn't have the same play caller as last year. But watch this. When did Nick Foles go down last year? Wasn't it about this time? I mean, when Nick Foles took over last year, I apologize, not went down. Carson Wentz went down. 
Nick Foles took over right about this time so he could start a little run. This team is on that little run. Now, as far as L.A., I noticed since the Bears game, he's had happy feet. Jared Goff has had some happy feet, man. And now McVay is trying to get his play calling back in order. Because when you go through a defense like that, you got to try some new things because you got to have an expectation, but you don't expect to lose. You're hoping that you can use your back in the way that you like to use them. So they try to use them in the passing game a lot more if you paid attention to that. But that was where they failed. When they had lead, they should have kept it in his hands, and they didn't do that. So Philly was able to put the pressure on Jared Goff and cause him to do some turnovers. At that point, special teams and that – that's the end of the game. There's nothing else that can be done. So you got to look at it from that perspective. You got a powerhouse team. Like I said, defense has showed up. Philly is known as a defensive team to stop a high-powered offense. The high-powered offenses aren't putting up numbers against these defenses that are real solid defenses. That's what I'm noticing the trend is. They can put up numbers against everybody else, but when they face a defense like this defense that's in Philly, that's known as a solid defense. Yeah, they got some off-the-street players. But their front ain't off the street. And we know how they get after the quarterback. And that's what they did. So if you're able to do that, that's how you want to approach it. And if you can take out one of these high-powered offenses, the only way you're going to be able to do it is with pressure. That's guaranteed. But with that being said, 20, we got to take that break, man. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We about to do something different here that we ain't done on any of our podcasts. So stay explain the game real quick. We're going to call this the Russian roulette. So we're going to throw out about three different teams that's in the playoffs or in the playoff hunts. And we're just going to give our thoughts for about 60 seconds. Each. So we're going to start out with the Tennessee Titans. And I'm going to hand it off to Lajin. Go, my man. Man, the Tennessee Titans to me is and are a surprising team. I mean, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect them to bounce back. I mean, it's not like they have a lot of offensive weapons that have been reliable the last few years, but then you get Derrick Henry playing the way he's playing. You get uh, Tajay Sharp playing the way he's playing. You get Marcus Mariota playing the way he's playing, and then you add the way that that defense is playing. It turns them into what they finally are, a playoff contender. They were there last year. They're there again this year. All they got to do is win out push the envelope. I mean, that's a dangerous team right now. Nobody really wants to face them because of how they're playing. With that being said, I would like to have them back in the playoffs just to see a little bit of rivalry go on because they're a good fighter. To me, it's a tough team. I like the team's toughness, but how they plan. But with that being said, Charlie, what do you think about this? Man, me personally, I mean, Tennessee was in the same same position last year, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they went on a little run, went in, you know, made the playoffs you know, got in, you know, they weren't supposed to beat Kansas City, but they did, you know, then they turned around and got thumped by the Patriots. So, I mean, yeah, you know, their defense has been playing solid. You know, they're doing what they were supposed to do. You know, but, I mean, again, I mean, I'm they not – again, they're not scaring nobody, you know. So, that's just my take on Tennessee. And, I mean, as far as Baltimore go, I mean, Baltimore, I mean, they got Lamar Jackson that's doing this thing. They got a top five defense over there. I mean, they, they're a team that, that – that can get into the playoffs and be scary as well, just like the like the Bulls. But Twenty, what you think, man? All right, running it down in sixty seconds. I'm gonna jump straight from Baltimore and I'm gonna go to the Cleveland Browns on y'all. So the Cleveland oh. Browns making a nice little run here, man. They playing with a newfound energy. All of them, you know, what I'm saying, are feeling, you know, what I'm saying the fact that Hugh Jackson is out the building and they able to kind of do more. They able to freelance a little bit more. They actually able to play. They actually able to play, man. And you know how it feel. We all played the game before in the past. You know how it is when you able to be loose and have fun and not feel restricted. And that's how I look at the Cleveland Browns right now. That's kind of how I see um, right now. Uh, just that whole system, not just on defense now, but the offense is starting to come alive. Nick Chubbs is running that ball so well right now. Um, you know, their wide receivers are starting to catch the ball a little bit. I mean, yeah, there was some struggles against Denver, but, you know, they competed and they stayed right with them to the very end. You know, when mistakes start happening, that's when you, you know, that's when you can pull out a game, and that's exactly what they did there. So um, next one on the list here, fellas, what y'all got for me? Man, well, I- 
Go ahead, Lajee. Go ahead, Charlie. No, I, I want to hear what you got, Charlie. <laughs> well, you know, man, first, you know, I got people from Cleveland. You know, shout out to my people in Cleveland that's Browns fans. You know, that's finally actually got a team that's actually putting up wins. That's you his know, hometown, yo. That's the, that was, <laughs> uh, I see you gonna try to slide that one in. No, it's not, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with my my uh, my big homie uh, Twani man. It's just Cleveland has players, and you got the number one draft pick, which is Baker Mayfield, that they have a franchise quarterback now. That's got, and we all know that we need that quarterback that's got some swag, you know, and that's gonna take they take their team to another level. You know, as far as accountability, you know, whether they win or lose, you know, he's right there in the trenches as well. Um, that defense, again, like Twani said, they struggled, but they did what they had to do at the end of the day. So I don't see them as a playoff team this year, but next year I see them taking the, the AFC North. Mm. You heard it first from me. Mm. 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 Well, I say it like this. This is what I say. There is a difference from being a – happy player and being a down player. There is a difference between having a coach that's coaching for his job and having a coach come in and say, hey, let's have some fun. This is what it is and this is where we're at. At least let's have some fun doing it. That's what you can see. The difference, the atmosphere has changed in Cleveland. There is talk about Cleveland other than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what you want. I mean, at this day and age, with the talent that they had, all they did was a coach to coach that talent, and now they have a coach to coach that talent, and that's what's bringing out this winning team. I mean, Baker Mayfield was a winner in college. Let's not forget this. Mm-hmm. So to see him being mm-hmm. a winner in, in the league, we knew he would translate. He was one of the more pro-ready quarterbacks in the draft. I mean, that it is why he was taken number one overall. But if you look at the Cleveland Browns over the last several years, they have drafted very, very well. And now that you look at them, you put the right coach in place with the right atmosphere mm-hmm. in place, this can be a winning franchise. And to be talking about Bears playoffs, Browns playoffs in the same sentence, in the same year, that's a rarity. So, Twan, where are you at? Man, I, I can't agree with you more. I want to try to find some reason to disagree with you and, you know, make this a little bit different, but it is, it's, it's good for the NFL to have other teams, you know, start to make this playoff run to, you know, see different faces in there. Let's be honest here. We all getting sick of seeing the new England Patriots there or the Pittsburgh Steelers there, or, you know, Green Bay Packers in there, or, you know, um, the Dallas Cowboys. We want to start to see other teams in there, whether you are a fan of them or not, you get sick of seeing the same teams winning over and over. That's why it was refreshing to see, you know, um, Philly, you know, just win it all last year a little way and against the team that wanted all, you know, wanted the, year before you know we were all probably rooting for Atlanta Falcons the year before and they had the lead and they blew it so it's refreshing like I said you know to see other teams you know start to you know get into not just win mode but get into these playoff modes you know that's what's good for the NFL as you know otherwise it's it's terrible you know nobody wants to watch nobody want to care you know and and the viewers let's be honest the viewer rating gonna go down on that aspect here so let's jump into the next topic here, though, fellas. So we're going to talk about a little bit about those New England Patriots because uh, they starting to stink it up on the field here. So, Lajean, let me just pass it to you. Tell me what you're thinking about Bill Belichick and the so-called GOAT and Tom Brady. Well, let's be honest. No, no castle will stand forever. <laughs> <laughs> no that is true. They have done a great deed for the NFL in the time that they've had in the NFL. I mean, we all knew why Belichick was mad when they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo. He had a firm understanding of what talent is. He's a very good recognizer of talent. He recognized that his franchise quarterback was slipping last year, and it's showing even more this year. So him not having a backup in Jimmy Garoppolo at this point in time is destroying Bill Belichick. And he's trying to prove a point that he's still a great coach. Unfortunately, the quarterback that he has at the helm is making mistakes that he hasn't made in the past. But we all saw coming. We just didn't expect the decline to be this drastic, this quickly. So when you look at the New England Patriots, the only thing you need to 
six is Tom Brady. Tom Brady always plays better in the playoffs, so I don't expect to see the same Tom Brady that I've seen. This is a sign that it's time for them to start looking for a replacement for Tom Brady because he's not going to last much longer. I mean, if this is going to remain a winning franchise and a winning system like Belichick says he's created, then the only way to prove that is to find a proper replacement for Tom Brady. I mean, Charlie, tell me what you think. Man, as far as me for Tom Brady goes, Father Time is here. Because I'm going to just say this like that quote, 40 is not the, over 40 is not the new 30. And what I mean by that is that at some point you're going to decline. And I see that with, with Tom Brady. You know, I mean, for him to have the, the game that he had on Sunday night, you know, and then not, not only that, but to get not to have Gronk, only have two receptions for 21 yards. You're one of your big, you're one of your favorite targets. You know, I mean, again, I'm going to say it again. They're not scaring nobody. Their defense is suspect. I mean, this always usually happens when these two teams play. Either one team wins or the other team wins. But when we get in the playoffs, I mean, the Steelers, they usually stink it up. So they not – I mean, it was a good win for them to have because I believe it was on a three-game losing streak. So, again, it's getting to that time for Brady – that, you know, his father time is here. It's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's pretty much caught up to him, and you kind of saw that a little bit on Sunday. I hate to say it, but, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, do you think I'm wrong, Twani? I mean, I mean, what do you think? I don't think you're wrong at all, but I think okay. um, I'm going to go back to kind of how Lajean touched on it, uh, trading Jimmy Garofalo away. Uh, that hurts. I think trading away Malcolm Butler actually hurting them on the defensive end because of the fact that they uh, they getting old on the back end of that defense as well, too. Let's think about it. Look at their safeties and stuff, man. A lot of those players, you know, have been around for a while, and you traded away a good young cornerback, a big physical cornerback, it's starting to show. And they've been, you know, Bill Belichick been trading players left and right because he didn't want to play them. He, you know, he thinking it's his system and he, you know, anybody can be replaceable, but it's starting to catch up with him. So the, uh, what a lot of people, you know, fail to realize is, you know, all credit due to Tom Brady, you know, but let's be honest, at the end of the day, most of their Super Bowls have came off of, you know, saying defensive plays that got them the ball back where they was able to get, you know, infield goal range or, mm-hmm. you know, go back to again to how they came back against Atlanta. It was a lot of defensive plays that got them, got Tom Brady the ball back so he could win that game and have that comeback that they had and stuff. And now that Tom Brady's old and now that they, you know, they seriously don't really have a running game and the fact that that defense ain't what it used to be, you know, you're starting to see a whole lot of struggles out there. That's how I'm looking at it. And and, and for it to happen against the Pittsburgh Steelers, too, who's also been struggling here as of recent, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he ain't old as Tom Brady, but he ain't getting no younger either. Antonio exactly. Brown ain't had, the, you know, the type of season that, you know, that you expected out of him either. You know, Juju Smith, Juju balling. But, you know what I'm saying, at the same time, they both should be balling together because they really ain't got a, a good tight end like they, you know, had in, a, in years past in the Pittsburgh offense. You know, the defense has still been playing pretty solid. I give it that, but, you know, that offense ain't really, you know what I'm saying, clicking like it has in years past either. So, again, that's the way I'm looking at it here. You, you And you know what, too? I got to, I have to disagree with you on that with, as far as the Pittsburgh defense. I'm not going to say solid. I mean, they've been okay. They've had games where they played solid. They've had games where they gave up a bunch of points and a bunch of yards. You know, so, again, like I said – you know, like I said last week, they're not scaring nobody. And again, they're accident waiting to happen. So they had to win this game. You know, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the past couple of years, um, the Patriots didn't had Pittsburgh Pittsburgh number. You know, you got Ben Roethlisberger throwing a throwing a, a interception in the red zone, even though you know which you know which he could have just ran. They could have ran it. I believe that was last year. Then you get in the playoffs. You know, Patriots just had their number. So, I mean, this is, was just a game where Pittsburgh had to win in order to stay in that playoff hunt and also in the division and keep that leading division as well. And then I'm going to say, I'm a, you know, I'm going to pass off to, you know, to my Gene. I believe this is last year, meaning Gronk. I believe this is last year with the Patriots. Um, he's getting older up there too. His body is not how it used to be. You know, he doesn't run like how he used to be. So I believe this is last year. 
uh, whether he retire or not remains to be seen. You know, it'd be nice, you know, if he would go to another contender team, you know, as well. But well, what do you think, Laji? Well, I, I, like I said, I've said enough about the New England Patriots. As far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go, um, they're only going to go as far as a good running game can take them because you can't live on the arm of Ben Roethlisberger at this point in time. Ben Roethlisberger is known to make mistakes, but at the same time, when he has a good running game, which was the purpose of Le'Veon Bell, which was the purpose of James Conner, he's been more successful with the running game than he has without as a recent. So I think if they continue to struggle on the running side of the ball, they're going to struggle. The front is awesome. I mean, T.J. Watt has been amazing, you know what I'm saying, this year. they got a good defense, let's mm-hmm. be honest. It, it is a solid But at the same time, uh, their biggest mistakes have come on the offensive side of the ball, which has cost them games. It hasn't been really on the defensive side of the ball that has cost them a majority of the games that they've lost. Prime example is the interception in the end zone that Ben Roethlisberger threw. They could have won that game with no problem. Regardless of the route ran, yeah, there were more than there was more than one option. The option that you went with ended up being an exception, right. and that's what I'm saying as far as they're concerned. Right. So, Twan, I know we was talking a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. going back and forth mm-hmm. about our Chicago Bears, and I have always said since the beginning of time that I, I have an issue with how the defense doesn't always seems to close out in the fourth quarter. And you feel that they're tired. And I say they don't have a reason to be tired. But you sent me some stats. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate? All right. So first stat that was shown was um, today I seen a tweet um, from one writer that had broke down the Bears' first half and how much they are on the field here. And the stat, you know, um, it proves itself. You know, they was on the field um, throughout eight games here, um, 47 possessions. 47 possessions for the defense is a lot, and it shows that the offense are not maintaining their time on the field here. If you think about it, our offense can actually run down a first quarter, you know, uh, to have a five-minute drive each and every single time if their offense is playing efficiently here. And that's what it's showing for the defense to be out there, eight of those games out there, um, 47 possessions throughout you know, each of those games. Yeah, we can divide it up and stuff like that, but that's still a whole lot of time to be out there on the field showing that you know, after we get past the scripted plays of the Bears – the defense, uh, they, they're, uh, they're, not, you know, they're not fully being efficient all the way through to allow that defense to get rest, which I think eventually carries over into the second half of the game. That second, let's be honest here. Halftime is literally about 10 minutes, sometimes less than that, because the coach goes over what they want to go over. You get a breather. You get some Gatorade in you, and you right back out there on that field. You ain't properly caught your rest. And depending on who won the coin flip here, um, after the coin flip, if you won the coin flip, uh, excuse me, lost the coin flip and had to start um, – <clears throat> um, and the other team started on had you start on uh, offense first, and then you got to come back out there and start on defense, and they had proper rest. Now you go out there still trying to catch your breath with the offense who may be able to, you know, run off a five-minute drive on you. And, again, you start out kind of sluggish because you got to get back in rhythm already as is. Lajin, I'm going to pass it back to you and let you see if you can counter that for me. Here's why I disagree. Because the stat tells me that in the last eight games, they're up against two drives a quarter. That's, that's what the stat tells me. This is what I'm looking at. They're up against two drives a quarter. Most teams on average have four to five, four, four drives in a quarter. You know what I'm saying? So if my defense is only going up against two drives a quarter, now, in those two drives a quarter, you also failed to mention in album mind that they have 18 three and outs. <laughs> they do. They've only given up two touchdowns. They have an abysmal amount of turnovers. They do. <laughs> so when you when you cut into that 47, so now we're looking at 26 of those drives, they have shortened because of the ability of the defense, which keeps them off the field. One. Two, 
the offense is in the top third of time of possession. So if your offense is in the top of a time of possession ranking, that means the offense is doing what it's supposed to do to go ahead and keep the defense off the field. Also, the offense is in the top third of the league in scoring, which means the offense is actually putting up points. And I'm talking about this is minus defensive scoring. So the offense is putting up points. Not only that, in those eight games, the defense has two touchdowns of its own. So when you look at that countering, I'm saying the defense should not be tired in the fourth quarter with what they're doing in the first half and the offense's contributions in the first half of games is better than in the second halves when they're doing what is necessary third quarter when the Bears are pretty dominant. They've only given up so many points and scored so many points. But with that being said, they should not be tired in the fourth where they're giving up 17 points, 21 points to the Packers and things like this. I don't have any excuses for why this team is tired in the second half. Hey, I understand where you're coming from, but one thing that you forgot to mention as well, too, is the fact that the Bears still do run scripted plays. So with all those top halves, top thirds in the scoring, top uh, uh, top third in the drives, those are all scripted plays. It's when they have to start going deeper in the playbook is where they struggle. So when they get in the second half, if they already, you know, saying bowling out defensively in that first half and they come out again, like I said, in the second half and you done used up most of your energy and it takes you a minute to get back into it because you had that break in between and everybody hate that break in between when you already feeling and you jive and everything is working well for you defensively and now you have to dig deeper in that playbook and now your offense is starting to struggle more see what the stat that's missing here is that they're not in that top half in the second half of the game the defense is out there longer during that time frame because they're not moving the ball they're not controlling the clock efficiently they're not even running the ball remember against the green bay game just this past sunday they were running the ball well what did they do in the second half they got away from it what controls the clock not passing the ball running the ball and that's the problem here this is where the defense starts to get tired because at the end of the day you're going to have that you're going to have to keep rotating players in there you're going to have to put some players in there that you don't even really want out there right now because guys are tired because now we're starting to do three and outs or we may get one or two first downs and we off the field again and guess who's back out there again and now drives are starting to go a little bit longer for the opponent versus the defense and now the defense start to make up mistakes a little bit start to let some drives you know what I'm saying hang around a little bit longer than yeah. necessary this is the problem here you know and maybe they need to think about you know scripting the second half so the defense don't have to be out there but that's again where it boils down to when you keep your defense out there that long this becomes a problem here so we can't have that you know finishing out and going okay. into the second half but I'm gonna let you go here to counter that one okay Swan. I have two questions yes, sir. for you then does a defense play better when it has the lead? Does a defense play better? It should. It should. Yeah. It should. Okay, good. This year, the Bears have gone into halftime without the lead. How many times? Mm, off the top of my head, mm, off the top of my head, maybe three times this season. No. Twice. Okay. I was close. <laughs> this past week, <laughs> this past week tied with the Green Bay Packers. And when they played the Arizona Cardinals, we were winning and down. So if the defense should play better, and we have the best ranked defense in the league, and they have gone into halftime with the lead greatly. <laughs> the point differential is 80 plus points. If the point differential is 80-plus points, they have gone in with a high lead into the second half of many games, but yet have not lived up to the notion that when a defense is on the field and has the lead, they should play better because they have not causing us three games. Okay. I, I still get what you're coming from, but at the same time, I'm going to still need to see more efficiency from that offense in that second half of the game. We got to be able to sustain drive. You got to be able to keep your team off that field and let them get rest. So we want to limit injuries. We want to limit, you know, mistakes. And we, you know, saying we want to start blowing teams out of the water too. We want to start, you know, saying just really stumping people down and say, more than, you know, saying what we've done right now, because I'm going to be honest with you, outside a few power rankings, there's still some teams that are still doubting us. Why? 
because of our quarterback. You know, even though he had a better game and he had a bounce back game against the Packers versus the Rams, and two, just because of the inconsistency, you know, with him passing the ball, but also our inconsistency with running the ball because, again, they seem to keep getting away from running the ball. You got to be able to keep it balanced and you got to be able to help that defense out as well, too, just as much as, you know, like you're doing, you're asking the defense to keep that lead and protect and preserve that lead. Well, I'm asking the offense to do the same thing, protect and preserve that lead, but score more points at it. Or, you know what I'm saying, at least get in the field goal range and tack on more points if you can't at least get the touchdown. That's what I'm asking for. Hey, well, well, here's what I'll say. At the end of the day, I said this at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of OTAs, before we signed Khalil Mack and any of that. The defense will give the offense more opportunities, which will lead to more wins. We are 10 and 4. I expect my defense, being that it has more veteran leadership and more aged people within that system, than I hold the expectation of my offense. My offense, I still hold a very high expectation for because I expect them to win. But my defense's expectations are higher simply because of the position that they are in with people that have been in the system at least three years or, or, or you know what I'm saying, at the most, at the minimum, that can play in the system. And then you add a Khalil Mack and you add a Roquan Smith to what was already a 10th defense, yes, I do have higher expectations. Understandable. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So we're going to end our debate right there. I hope y'all liked it because that's something new that we tried here today too as well. So with that being said, we're going to go on into our final thoughts. Charlie, we're going to start out with you since you set out this debate here. Give me your final thoughts on this past weekend here or anything else you want to add. Man, it's pretty much my thoughts is that I'm just happy that the Bears are back. Man, since 2000, exactly. since 2010, when we won the NFC North, we let the Packers in. They came in the Soldier Field and just took our hearts out. Oh, I was in tears. I ain't going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. I was in tears. Just because we were supposed to have been at back in the Super Bowl. But eight years later, we're here and – we're not going anywhere. I've said this from the past two podcasts. We're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, teams teams that's going to be in the playoffs, you know, the Rams, the Chiefs, you know, uh, Saints. I'm not worried about now team in the playoffs. As long as I got the Monsters of the Midway with Smith, Mack, Goldman, Hicks, and you know my boy Eddie Kane and Fuller and Prince. I'm not worried about – and then, you know, you got to throw in DT, Dan Trebathian. I'm not worried about now offense in this league. And also one more thing before I pass it on to LaGene. Packer fans, if you're listening, y'all had y'all chance. Y'all had y'all time. Let us Bears fans celebrate this glory, okay? We done been through Mark Tressman. We done been through John Fox. We done been through a horrible GM with horrible draft. It just let us have our time, our shine, okay? We don't ask for too much. You know, we don't ask for much at all, especially Bears fans. We have endured a lot of pain and suffering. So just let us have our time, okay? Y'all had y'all time. Y'all had y'all chances. It's our time now. So, okay, just sit back and relax, you know, and watch greatness. So, Gene, I'll let you go and have your final thoughts, sir. Mm. I'll bounce off what you said. I don't want to ask Green Bay for nothing because we just (laughs) took it. All they got to do is recognize it. We are the NFC North champions. We didn't just beat anybody to become the NFC North champions. We beat the Green Bay Packers. I remember a few weeks ago, someone was saying, hey, yeah, all we got to do is then go in the soldier field like we've done on a regular basis and win. But you didn't. And that has to be so fulfilling for Chicago Bears fans and so disappointing for Packers fans. So what? I'm not asking you for nothing. I want it. It's mine. We took it. So give it here. Thank you. Appreciate it. My bold prediction, bold take of the day is when Brett Favre, but not Brett Favre, the Aaron Rodgers, said these words. Leonard Floyd is a legitimate edge rusher. In the last five games, Leonard Floyd 
has begun to show me he's a legitimate pass rusher. He's doing things that we've been wanting him to do all year. Success comes with the expertise of working with the master. I think Khalil Mack is bettering this young man's game, and I'm liking to see it. I expect him to pick up his fifth-year option, and uh, he'll be with us again mm-hmm. next year. I also see that Matt Nagy will be facing his former team in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, all right, all right. My final thoughts here. First, I'm about to date myself a little bit. I ain't going to give y'all an age, but y'all can probably figure it out after a while. So I went witnessed my team win the Super Bowl dominantly in 85. I almost watched yes, my team in 86 get there, but them dirty-ass Packers injured our quarterback for the season with a broken collarbone, and we had to roll with some bum quarterbacks and ended us in the first round of Washington. Didn't see my team get back close till 2006 with lovey smith and i watched us go down again with some bum quarterback named rex grossman after it started out hot with the greatest punt and kick return of all time devin hester taking it to the house first time and still the only time that's ever happened in the super bowl so i'm very excited that my team is finally back after all this time man it's a long time coming and i'm very excited to finally see that we got to win against these packers or these as i call them whackers after all this time as well too we came in with an expectation with Nagy, and he has exceeded my expectations i'm just so happy that they there i hope they keep the ball rolling i'm telling you right now you heard it from all my boys but you're about to hear from me too we're gonna be in that super bowl guaranteed and defense win championships guaranteed there's a lot of stats floating around out there i tell you right now one of the biggest stats that i've seen today was the effect of the defense and the amount of turnovers that they had um, total-wise and amount of shutouts and in uh, certain drives and the amount of three-and-outs they had are the closest that they've been with any Bears team, period, has been compared to the 85 Bears statistically, mm. statistically, people. Mm. It don't get no closer than that. That means they better than the 2005, 2016 under Lovey Smith. That was a good dominant defense, the, uh, the good defensive team. The 2010 Lovey Smith team, the again, which was also a good defensive team here. So let that sink in while, you know, we still may have some doubters out there. The stats don't lie, and I always go off the of stats here. And that's at the end of the day here. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out. Thank you all for holding on and hanging on for our podcast here. You know. Wait a minute. Okay. I got okay. Okay. Since you already Who do they play? I'm still up in the air, but like I told y'all earlier, the AFC championship going to come down to Kansas City and the Chargers. That's what we're looking at here. So I don't want to pick a team right now. Maybe next week after I see what they both do. But it's between one of those two teams. That's for sure. Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say okay. this before you end it. It don't matter. Like I said, it don't matter who we play. It don't. We can play the. We can play the Cleveland Browns. It. it, we it, there, it, it whoever. If we there, we're there, and we're gonna dominate. This is not gonna be the 2007 Bears that went to Super Bowl. This is this defense is gonna take it away from you and shove it down your throat. So it don't matter who we play out of the AFC. I'm not worried. It's just a matter is, let's just get the playoffs going. I wish it started today. I wish it started this weekend. Just so we can shut up all the naysayers. That's just my take. I don't care who we play. Bring them on. Bring what you got. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because there's still some weapons that's still in the holster. I mean, they really haven't used mm-hmm. Adam Shaheen in the run game. It's starting mm-hmm. to show itself. So I have some high expectations for the team. But as you say, we got to close out and give it to the people. Twan, go close it out. We're going to be back on for sure next Sunday. No, you know, fingers crossed, no illness, people. Hey, if you're a new listener, please hit the subscribe button. Come back and check us out. If you're a previous listener, again, we're going to drop it next Sunday night after the Sunday night game. Please come back, tell your friends, pass the word around, send a, send a share a link with us. Fellas, drop your Twitter real quick so we can go ahead and close it out. Hey, hit that subscribe button. It's your boy, my Gene. That's at L-Y underscore G-E-N-E. Charlie, you talk to oh, me. Oh, man, like I said, one more time. It's your boy, Charlie. 
you know, for the family, Bobo, they know me as, you know, a Twitter feed is Charlie8606. Twani, pass it to you. All right. The Twitter handle is Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G underscore Elite, L-I-T-E. Same on Instagram as well. Make sure you follow me on both. Make sure you hit the From the Sideline subscribe button, and we will be back at y'all next week. From the Sideline, people. From the Sidelines. From the Sidelines.